looking at the scoreboard is not a problem if you're just looking at how much money you're making that's not a problem but thinking about the score frequently is a big big problem because that affects your behavior and in investing even if you're able to invest in the right companies you won't make much money if your behavior is not ideal hello fellow risk takers and welcome to my worst investment ever stories of loss to keep you winning in our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name's Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Jotak Nanwana. Jotak, are you ready to rock? Let's rock. All right, let's do it. So, Jotak is a keen follower of the Indian stock market and has been investing money since 2010. He uses the Can Slim style to screen for growth stocks. For those of you who know the Can Slim method, that's from William O'Neill, and it's a, it's a method that I've followed and learned a lot about over the years. He's been working as an equity analyst for Market Smith India since its inception. Joe Tak has been involved in extensive studies on biggest winners in the Indian market. He manages the Market Smith India model portfolio along with other research for William O'Neill India. Joe Tot holds a bachelor's degree in business management and a master's in commerce from MLS. He has also completed all three levels of the CFA program. And we actually got to meet face-to-face -face in Bangalore when I was there two years ago speaking. So it's great to have you on the show. Take a minute and fill in any tidbits of your life. Thanks a lot, uh, Andrew, for having me on your show. And it's wonderful, actually, to be part of this uh, exercise I believe it's an amazing service that you're doing for the investing community as a whole through your worst investment ever podcast. So you have uh, mostly covered about myself in the background and uh, I've been living in Bangalore for the past four years and have actually fallen in love with this place. So the climate over here and since you were also here a couple of years back, you must have noticed that as compared to other places in India, this is a pretty good place to be in. And on the work front, as you have said, I've been working with MarketSmith India. It's a, it's a product for retail investors, uh, which we had introduced a couple of years back. And it's based on the CanSlim investment method that was founded by William O'Neill. So I've been working since inception and managing the model portfolio of uh, MarketSmith India. And apart from that, in my free time, I really like reading books of, uh, based on investing strategies, books based on businesses. That's what I like to do in my free time. Fantastic. All right. And Bangalore is very nice. I had such a great time and I have a very good friend named Srini who is living there. And so I'm always happy to talk with him and see him too. All right. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. All right. So it's just to give you a background, it's been almost seven years since I started investing in the equity markets. And the one thing that fascinates me is I'm still at the tip of the iceberg. So there's so much uh, to learn out there from successful investors, both their good and bad decisions. And I think this is where talking about your bad decisions will help you to improve as an investor. So I've been a growth investor for most part of my investing career. And today I'll be talking about a high growth company in the non-banking financial space in India. So I bought this stock of this company named uh, Bajaj Finserv in July, 2016. And of course the stock met my investing criteria. 
Uh, and just to give you a brief, it's a very simple and yet effective investing style called Canslim. It's a unique investment method that uses a blend of both uh, fundamental and technical analysis. And what it does is it advocates buying high quality growth stocks at strong technical breakouts during market uptrends. So one can learn in detail about the method by reading How to Make Money in Stocks, which was written by legendary investor William O'Neill, who's the founder of Canslim. So talking about my investment in Bajaj Finso, the company had ticked all the boxes in my investment checklist. Bajaj Finso is one of India's leading financial conglomerates and has exposure to lending, life insurance, and general insurance businesses. So Bajaj Finso, it holds the 58% stake in India's leading consumer financer, Bajaj Finance, which is a major growth driver for it. That's because Bajaj Finance has a niche position in consumer finance business due to its early entry and alliances with key manufacturers in consumer durable and two-wheeler markets. Now, mind you, both these uh, markets are the fastest growing markets in India. So on the fundamental front, uh, Bajaj Finso had strong double-digit revenue and earnings growth rates, high return ratios, and very impressive cash flow profile. So I bought the stock after it broke out of a very long one-year consolidation base and entered new high ground around uh, July 2016, this was. And I remember buying it around levels of 2,300 bucks. The stock kept on making new highs and reached levels of 2,650 in just three weeks time. So here I was making a profit of 15% and that is something that made me really happy. And that is where I had a moment of foolishness and I sold off the stock booking profit thinking that I have made 15% return in just three weeks. So I was so foolish that I in fact even calculated uh, that I had you know made some 20-30% of my salary doing nothing and just sitting on holding the stock for just three weeks. So just to let you know, the stock went on to multiply three times in the next two years. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to talk about. So it's uh, not a loss. I made a profit in the stock, but it's a huge, huge opportunity loss. And that's why I consider it as my worst investment ever. Now, from the fundamental point of view, consumer finance, in which the company had a very good exposure, the consumer finance penetration as a percentage of GDP is just 11% in India. And this when compared to China has 23% penetration, Singapore 60% and Australia has 87%. So this offered a very, very long runway for growth for companies uh, such as Bajaj Finance. Now, Bajaj Finance has uh, aggressively invested in emerging technologies and that has helped it in developing a fraud analytics uh, model based on machine learning. Now, this has helped the company in keeping loan defaults in check and NPAs at pretty low levels. So, of course, Bajaj Finserv has an exposure to Bajaj Finance in terms of a 58% stake. So, I had done all the hard part of, you know, finding a very good company. And uh, what uh, resulted in my mistake of booking profit was frequently looking at the price. And that caused a huge blunder because I was keeping on calculating the amount of profit that I had made and amount of uh, percentage of salary I had earned in just three weeks that had resulted in a huge, huge mistake. So let me ask you a few questions about this. The first thing is that when you sold the stock or you started thinking about selling the stock, had it hit some of your 
markers like, for instance, on the Can Slim methodology, like you said, oh, it's no longer attractive, or was this just price driven that you just got excited and you thought, I'm going to lock in this profit? Right. So Can Slim does suggest uh, regular profit booking, but if you get into a leader that is showing strong price action and that is coming from a strong industry group, William O'Neill suggests that you need to keep on holding the stock until there is some weakness in price action. So there was no weakness in price action. In fact, the stock was hitting continuously hitting new highs. And even if you t- think about from a profit booking range, 25% is a level where you need to book profit because that's a level where research says that the stock might consolidate again. But there was no such signs in Bajaj Finser. And it was absolute foolishness of on my part, where, you know, I was too keen on booking profit because I was just looking at the amount of money that I was making. Got it. And for our US listeners where capital gains tax can be different depending on whether you're holding a stock short term or long term, and there's incentive to hold stocks long term because taxes are lower. In countries like Thailand, there's no capital gains tax. What's the situation in in India? Yeah. So at that moment in time, holding on to a stock for more than a year actually attracts no tax if you're making a capital gain. So long-term capital gains uh, tax was not there at that point in time. So that is also, I ended up paying a 15% short-term capital gains tax on this trade. But if I had hold on to it for a year or so, I would have made a double my money and also paid no tax. But that rule had got changed uh, in uh, February this year. So now there is a 10% long-term capital gains tax rate. Got it. And just one other question is that when you look at your other investments at the time, was this, were you just very new to investing and this was one stock that you were holding or did you have other stocks and you were trading them also? And so it wasn't unusual that you would take a short position in a company, you know, not a very long-term position. That's right. So I actually was maintaining a portfolio based, I continue to maintain a portfolio based on Cancelim. So at that point in time, I was also, since the markets were doing quite well, there were quite a few stocks that were, you know, actually breaking above their resistance levels. So I moved my focus from my existing holdings to the ones that were looking more attractive. And what I thought was, I have already made a 15% gain in this stock. Why don't go and invest in some other stock, which might give me quick bucks again. That was my idea at that point in time. But I think the one, the stock which I had bought actually went on to, you know, go down and I had to actually cut losses in that uh, stock. So overall, I made two mistakes. That's what happens in stock market. One mistake leads to another. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about what lessons you learned from this experience. A very hard lesson that I learned is that, you know, selling winners too quickly and holding on to losers. These are the eternal mistakes that are committed in stock market. As a person, as an investor, the less you make those mistakes, the more will be the probability of you succeeding in the stock market. The another lesson that I learned was that at times we need to sit tight and not start jumping when we see our stocks doing really well. We start doing that when we feel quite happy when we are making money and we actually the urge to do something in the stock market causes uh, such mistakes, right? So you keep on looking at the price, you're making profit, and there's then urge that I need to book profit. And that is the time when you avoid the big picture. You don't see, there are two things, there are two aspects that one needs to consider. One is a company that continues to do well on the fundamental front. The other is a stock that continues to do well on technical front. If both of these are doing well, I don't think there's a, there's a point that why you should sell a stock. And there's a very famous quote of uh, Jesse Livermore, which I would like to quote. So it never was my thinking that made me the big money. 
it always was my sitting my sitting tight and men who can be both right and sit tight are uncommon so that is what uh, i have learned from this experience i have been right on few occasions and now i would like to concentrate more on sitting tight when i'm right i love that jesse livermore what a classic quote that one is sit tight so let me summarize a couple of things i take out of this the first one i would take out of this is that for everybody who's listening i i want you to think about your age, let's say you're 30 years old, let's say someone's 20 years old, but let's just say you're 30 years old, you think you're gonna retire when you're 60, that's 30 years, and then let's say nowadays, it's not uncommon that someone could live to be 90. That means that your retirement period is going to be as long as the amount of time you have left of work time, so 30 years till 60, and 30 years from 60 to 90. That means 60 total years is your investment horizon. And ultimately, no matter what we do every single day in the stock market and all that, the goal needs to be to build our wealth over that very long period of time. So I like to remind the listeners that don't get caught up in the short-term gain concept. Think about the 60 years ahead that you're going to be managing your money. And when you do that, all of a sudden, the short-term trades make less sense. The second thing that I take away from this is that, yeah, like you said, The point is, is that we have stop losses that we use for stocks that are going down. But all the work that I've done, I've done a lot of backtesting on my own methodology for investing. And what I found from that backtesting is that the only stop law, and and I look at at investment over a three-month horizon. Let's say you would buy a portfolio of stocks, hold it for three months, and then reevaluate the prices and everything at that time. So if we just say at three months, And then I test that over the last 10 years around the world in different markets. And it's a range between 15 and 25% of stop loss, meaning during the the following three months, if the stock, that any particular one stock falls by 15, 20, 25%, depending on the volatility of the market, you sell. No questions, no nothing. And particularly for uh, beginner investors as well as for retail investors, it's very hard to be able to go um, dig deeper and try to figure out what's going on at the company. It's better to preserve your capital, as I call it. Some people call it stop loss. Actually, I call it preserve capital point, PC, because stop Mm -hmm. loss is so negative, right? Stop loss. Now, the second part of that is that we also did a lot of testing of what about stop profit or take profit point? Should we take profit at some point in that quarter? And what we found is that when we loosened the parameters and said, okay, if a stock goes up by 50% in a quarter, we should take profit. No, actually in the markets, you would have had a higher return if you had just let that profit run. What about 100%? No, you would have been better off to just let that profit run for that quarter. What about 150? No, you would have been better off letting that profit run for that quarter. Finally, 200%. If a stock goes up by 200% in a quarter, then taking the profit makes sense. Now, this is a general rule and general testing of the past. No guarantee it's going to work. But what it told me at the time is forget about the concept of selling your winners, right? Particularly if you know your time horizon. In this case, I'm talking about three-month time horizon. You know, focus on cutting your losses and let your winners run. And now I've learned one more lesson and that is sit tight. Is there anything you'd add to that? Did I miss anything? I think uh, your concept of letting your winners run is something which is uh, resonates with uh, what many successful investors and 
traders have said. In fact, they also focus on pyramiding up and averaging up as they call it. So if a stock has done well, the company continues to do well on business front, you might even add more to your existing position. So the rule that you have said, I completely agree that if it has gone up 50%, a lot of people will actually think that they're making so much amount of money, let's sell it. But it is showing signs of a big winner. And we in Marketsmith India as well use a rule which is known as power for pivot. So basically, if a stock breaks out of a base and runs 20% or more in less than three weeks after breaking out, we are happy to hold it for a quarter. So that is something which we use at Marketsmith India as well. And this is certainly being, it's inspired by the years of research that William O'Neill had done on the biggest stock market winners. And that's where he had found out that in fact, in his, one of his post analysis, he had found out that he ended up selling a lot of big winners quite early. So this is something which I had done in Bajaj Finser as well. Stock had run uh, 15, 20% in less than three weeks. And I kind of, you know, moved out of the stock thinking that I have done a great job. All right. So now your last question, based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? All right. So one thing that I've learned is looking at the scoreboard is not a problem. If you're just looking at how much money you're making, that's not a problem. But thinking about the score frequently is a big, big problem because that affects your behavior. And in investing, even if you're able to invest in the right companies, you won't make much money if your behavior is not ideal. Behavior is often ignored, but it counts the most if you want to be a successful investor. Also make sure that one mistake does not lead to another. So I could have entered the stock again at a bit higher price than my selling price and yet would have made a good return. So this is one thing that is pretty difficult to do. But uh, successful investors always take care of their biases because they have no place for emotions in their investing style. So don't get too worked up if a stock goes up after you have sold it. Instead, carefully analyze the business and if it still ticks all the boxes in your checklist, there is no harm in buying a stock at higher price also. More often than not, we focus on the history of the stock. However, it is the future movement that should only matter to you. So as again, the initiative that you have taken is really great and I would encourage investors to not only learn about what uh, made famous investors successful, but also make efforts to learn from their mistakes. One great exercise, and that will be the key takeaway, would be to do a post analysis. And that is something that has helped me really in my, you know, in improving my investment results. So do a post analysis on a yearly basis and look at all the stocks that you should have bought stocks that you shouldn't have bought, stocks that you should have sold earlier, and stocks that you should not have sold. And this will certainly help in improving your overall investment returns. Fantastic. All right. Well, Joe Tak, as we wrap up, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are going to learning to win as a result. And I think I learned something from you. I have a new saying, sit tight, be cool, know the score, don't watch the score. So, great, thank you. That's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside. <laughs>